today's episode of Pop Culture Reference is brought to you by 100 Floors of Frights. They're not all going to be winners. Broadcasting live from our laboratory in the Castle East, it's uh, Rick Amortis Salgado. I'm Garrett S. Pumpkins. And I'm Skeleton Connolly. <laughs> Happy Halloween, gentlemen. I don't know if I said that to you today. And... Merry Winter Wonderland. Oh, yeah. Well, First, yeah, it's large currently snowfall. snowing right now. The entire Milwaukee area is covered in a nice blanket of virgin snow. So Perfect nightmare weather, nightmare yeah, for right. Christmas. Oh, yeah. You know what? Maybe that's the perfect way to spend today a, a good Halloween chunk of time is, you know, Winter Wonderland, spooky season. It's the perfect storm. That's what Ricardo and I were saying earlier really? today, yeah. No kidding. It's perfect nightmare before Christmas weather. Oh, Speaking man. of Halloween media, that's what we're doing today, ladies and gentlemen. A whole ton of Halloween specials. A well, lot of Halloween yeah. specials. Welcome to the Halloween special special here on Pop Culture yeah. Reference. Our spooktacular Halloween special. I like the word spooktacular. I think that should be part of the title. I think that should be part of most titles involving <laughs> Halloween. Spooktacular. You want to, let's kick it off with a, a Frasier. Let's do Frasier. Was, each one of us, should we give context? Like, each one of us has brought in three specials of our choosing. Roughly three. Roughly three. three Ricardo. Hey! <laughs> Ricardo loves Halloween. I get it. I get it. So, uh, one of my picks was season five, episode three of Frasier, just titled Halloween. We're going to call spoilers for the series Frasier because this has a pivotal plot point and will probably only be funny to discuss if you're familiar with the characters yeah. on Frasier anyway. So this is a spoiler warning for the episode of Frasier. There will be time codes in the description when you want to skip ahead to other segments that you might want to listen to. October 31st, <laughs> Seattle night. I don't know if it starts off at night, I don't quite remember, but I do know that this is quite possibly one of the best episodes of Frasier. It's one of the, mm-hmm. it's one of the funniest that I can think of. It's fun seeing all the different characters and costumes. I think it's one of the most emblematic episodes in terms of what the series is as a whole. If you had to boil it down to essential Frasier elements, they're all there. There is zany misunderstanding, making fun of the intellectual, there is genuine heart at the center of the episode, and there is Niles pining after Daphne. Also, yeah. as as kind of the spearhead to this, it's kind of based on Roz's uh, promiscuity, which is a yeah. very big part of her character. Yes. Which is weird that they decided to take that route. Like, the actress didn't get pregnant, and we, oh, we gotta write around it. This is like, just a thing that they wanted to do to Roz. Well, I think that's a better way to approach that from a writing standpoint anyway, because that way you're not forced into it. You're fighting that way to naturally mm-hmm. make the character progress. I think it's what should have happened to Barney Stinson at oh. some point during Time at Your Mother's run. That's very interesting. Maybe that would have made me stick with that show to the last season. Do we spoil the ending of How I Met Your Mother? I'm not going to watch it. Spoilers for whoever the idiot is who still wants to watch How I Met Your Mother this far out. Okay, so the entire final season of How I Met Your Mother is pretty much one weekend, except for the last episode, which is the last 40 years of the characters' lives. <laughs> Jesus, really? And so why they didn't make what the finale was over the whole season, I don't understand. But the thing that happens to Barney at the end is that he does have a daughter, and that's, like, the love of his life. He's like, nothing else matters, and you are yeah. all so, I care about. And that's a great... I don't know if we ever mentioned that, like, Roz... Gets pregnant. Oh, yeah, she, the whole part about this is that she's 
may be pregnant and she's trying to figure it out on Halloween and it's it's not going great for her and she's very it's stressed. It's a fun Frasier episode. I wouldn't bust this one out like around Halloween time. It's not really a Halloween centered. It just so happens to take place on Halloween. There's a lot of funny costume bits. Yeah, it's Niles a lot has a of very long bits. nose prosthetic, which I think is hilarious. Yes, Niles is staring at a Bergerac. Martin is Sherlock Holmes, although Frasier initially tries to talk him out of being Sherlock Holmes. Frasier himself is Jeffrey Chaucer as he's writing the Canterbury Tales. Daphne is the wife of Bath from the Canterbury Tales. And have either of you read the Canterbury no. Tales? I didn't get a lot of these. the first part. The wife of Bath is dirty by today's standards, even. It's quite risque. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm sure Niles loved that. And then Roz is... Is O? I don't know. Oh, Oh, is the bit, but I don't really get it. (laughs) The story of O, it's an erotic novel. Okay, look at Ricardo. Okay, I get it. I'm dumb. I I realize every time I watch Frasier... That there are there are jokes that you I don't have get. never gotten that I refuse to like do research on for some reason. Mad Dog is Waldo. Mad Dog is Waldo. They're it's all literary characters. And... You mean Bulldog? Bulldog. Oh, what a blunder! You stupid idiot. <laughs> Terrible character. I hate that guy, but he's he he drives some funny he's stuff. He's really funny. He's gay in real life, I think, mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of like a Barney Stinson thing where I was about to call him David Hyde Pierce, but it's a Neil different... Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris, there you go. Frazier finds out that Roz fears she may be pregnant, and they're all at Niles' Halloween fundraiser for the library. With one of my favorite costumes being Gil Chesterton's Last of the Mohicans. Is it one of your favorite costumes? It's one of my favorites and the ones that I cringe at the most because he really is buying into it hard like he's going in Mm -hmm. 1998 or whatever that year was for season five and he says call me fumbles with crab puff yeah that's in poor taste it's in very (laughs) poor taste but niles mishears that roz is pregnant believing that daphne is pregnant with fraser's baby Leading to exciting hijinks where nobody it's understands what's going on. Farce. It's a bunch of misunderstandings. It's classic Frasier. It is very classic Frasier. Yeah, the whole thing is that Niles is getting continuously drunk mm-hmm. and he keeps overhearing. Oh boy, alright, hold on. It's let's Frasier. N- let's not try to explain. What? Fine, There's whatever. There's so many ways you can <laughs> say brilliant comedy. It's the Halloween episode season 5 of Frasier. Check it out. Please do. It's so funny. It's so funny. A little bit less Martin than I'm accustomed to on Martin in my for you? Frasier. That's the one complaint I have. Well, they doubled up on Martin on that other Halloween episode where Niles dresses up like Martin, <laughs> which is very sad and serious. But we're not going which on is that why Halloween. why we didn't pick that one. Exactly. Let's move on to something really dumb and silly. Let's do David S. Pumpkins. Oh, baby. Now, when you say dumb, I think you mean genius <laughs> is what you meant to say. Absolutely it's brilliant. It's so funny and I can't really understand why. I think it's just Tom Hanks. I went on a big arc with this sketch. It grew on me. I didn't get it at first. Like, I knew this is funny. I don't get why this is such a cultural phenomenon. I think that's how most people feel about it, honestly. For those of you who are not familiar, a few years ago when Tom Hanks hosted Saturday Night Live, they did a sketch that nobody really thought anything of, including Tom Hanks and the rest of the SNL writers, called Haunted Elevator, featuring Tom Hanks playing a character known as David Pumpkins, and then later in the sketch, David... David. S. Pumpkins. Pumpkins. And it became a huge cult hit. I am obsessed with it. I love it so much. I almost want to go out and buy a novelty pumpkin suit. Um, After that sketch came out, the 
website was almost immediately sold out. I looked into getting what one website? that year. Oh. The, the website that sells those oh, no. suits. Guys, I don't know if we want to keep this in unless we want to do it a surprise at some point. I think we should all dress up as David as pumpkins together at some point. <laughs> I think Halloween. that'd be great, especially because Ricardo already does gray streaks in his hair sometimes. It'd be really funny if Ricardo was David as pumpkins and we were the B-boy oh, skeletons. The skeletons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Oh, the music. The I like music Bobby Moynihan as a skeleton. Yeah, me too. I like his energy. Who was the other skeleton? I didn't recognize him. Um, Mikey Day. I don't know Mikey Day. He's just one of the regular SNL cast members. I stopped watching SNL after Sandberg left, so that's been a while. He's pretty funny. He's one of the funnier guys on SNL, especially one of the funnier white guys on SNL. Well, he killed it in David Pumpkins. I think everybody in that sketch is hilarious. Um, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones is in it for two (laughs) seconds. She has such a funny... So the premise is that they're at a Fright Nights-style Halloween event, Fright Fest. They call it Fright Nights in the sketch, but Fright Fest from Mm. Six Flags. And there's 100 floors of frights, and 73 out of 100 floors are all centered <laughs> around the character Pumpkin. of David S. Pumpkins. See, I would pay extra for that ride. I don't want to go on a scary ride. I want to... Oh, well, I guess in the end it is a horrifying scenario for the people riding, but I... Oh, it's just so... It's a very weird character. It's got the... I like the whole no backstory thing. Me too. I thought that was yeah, funny. I mean, my own thing. And the skeletons are... Part of it. Part I thought that was funny. That was so funny. Just like the double finger guns. Just like how Tom Hanks carried himself as that character was so weird. It's so funny. Apparently, Tom Hanks, when they were rehearsing, tried to talk them out of doing that sketch. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't get it. I don't think people are going <laughs> to think it's funny. And now a lot of people... The voice is a little grating. Well, yeah. David Pumpkins. It's great, man. Come on. It's so funny. The Halloween special, Seamus has not seen it. We're not technically covering that on this episode. Right. So the year after David S. Pumpkins premiered on Saturday Night Live, they did a Halloween special in place of a normal episode of Saturday Night Live. I, I would be so and happy moments to see that. that I liked. The character of David S. Pumpkins did start to grow on me a little bit. And I also I really it was like... funnier. Like, make him more of a psychopath. I like it when they do that. Well, I wish it had been darker, almost. I wish it had been like David Pumpkins murders those children. <laughs> like, oh my god. I did see the intro to that special, and it did look pretty whimsical. I also love the pumpkin mobile. That's fun. That's a good twist. You'll have to see, Seamus. You'll have to really find do. out about the pumpkin mobile. Honestly, watching all of these, I can't even wait. It's that going was... to more pumpkin-heavy media. Billy and Mandy's Jacked Up Halloween. Ooh, baby. Yeah, this is one of the ones that I picked out here. Wayne Knight. I'm just going to start off. <laughs> God bless the man. How he, do you not love Wayne Knight? He's, he's so great good in I like that character a yeah. lot. Jack O'Lantern. Jack O'Lantern. You nope. didn't watch Billy and Mandy's. So Which, what did you even think of this yeah. special? I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. It's really what my thought was. I thought it was funny. I thought the characters were annoying. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's understandable. Billy? Billy. I don't think I could watch that show. <laughs> I really don't. But, you know, it, for for a short little special, it was fine. Jamaican Grim Reaper is the only Grim Reaper I'll accept. It's the one I choose to believe is real. Between that one and the one from uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, I feel like that's a pretty, it's a pretty hard matchup for me. I mean, the whole show in and of itself, Billy and Mandy, seems very Halloween-ish. Spooky shenanigans. It's just silly fun. It's a bit crude sometimes. Yeah, a bit crude. I'm Is sure it just Billy back. that got on your nerves? Is it everybody? Pretty much everybody, honestly. Really? Even Grim? Not so much. Grim. I think Love. the way the characters interact is annoying. I think the characters 
by themselves are annoying. I thought the voices were mostly annoying. Of course, we love Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight. God bless the man. That's pretty much the consensus of my notes of that episode. Just, just like, Wayne Knight is fantastic. Like, that, that flashback where the small town has a king and a queen is funny, and mm-hmm. Wayne Knight is a treasure. This would have been not very long after his, like, really great late 90s, early 2000s run. Yeah, this was, like, 2004 or five. I think, around because then. he was doing Third Rock, he was doing Seinfeld, he was doing Space Jam, he was doing Basic Instinct, he was, like... Toy Story 2? Toy Story 2, mm, exactly. Yeah. He had a really fantastic little run there. Is he alive? Yeah. What's he doing? Why don't we hear about him? He's just retired now? I mean, he made a huge cultural impact for how... There was the Wayne knight Isans there for a while, and then he... Newman is a character that people will reference forever. Mm-hmm. The Chicken Man from Toy Story 2 is a character that people will reference forever. Um, I think that his character on Third Rock from the Sun is one of the best characters on Third Rock from the Sun. Also, he's great in Space Jam, but in Jurassic Park, he's like the driving force. Oh, of course Jurassic Park. How did I not mention Jurassic Park? Park. Yeah, and that's a movie that people will talk about forever because it changed movies. That one line that he has, the nobody cares thing, is a meme. Mm -hmm. Or at least it was for the longest time. Like, that was... Yeah, good on Wayne Knight. We love him. You want to keep bouncing around? Let's keep going. Bailey Mandy, I'm I'm done. uh, Zach and Cody. (laughs) This is another one of mine. The Ghost in Sweet 613. Is this the only Halloween episode of Zach and Cody? I I don't know. It's definitely the one... It's the most iconic, and that's what matters. Yeah, this one... You, you watched Zack and Cody, Zach and right? Cody. I watched Zack and Cody when I was a kid. That was um that was at the end of or well, it was towards the end of my Disney Channel tenure. Mm-hmm. I really stopped around the time Wizards of Waverly Place got on the air. After the Wizards of Waverly Place movie came out, that's when I dropped it. But Zack and Cody, man, pretty man. funny still, right? What I mean, a trip it was going back to Zack and Cody. Yeah, to the Tipton Hotel. I wish I'd never gone back. No, I no, you I didn't have a fun time in this special. The <laughs> the laugh track. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, bad. so bad. <laughs> the laugh track, the acting. The fashion is so early 2000s <laughs> that it hurts. The way Maddie is dressed, the way Zach is dressed, the way London is dressed. Zach and Cody's mom's a terrible parent. She's, what are you talking so about? She's, she's doing her best. I have written down. How she's so? Fine. Oh well, uh, no, I guess because she's like talking about. She lets them hang out in this abandoned hotel room. She doesn't she's punish like, them yeah, properly. Encouraging them to scare each other. She's a bully. She bullies both of her sons. They have I don't rapport. know if I could go that far. She's they a cool mom. Rapport. She's a cool mom. She's got like frosted tips. She has yeah, the t- she has the mid two thousands Disney Channel parent problem of being both an idiot and kind of mean. Yeah, she's but cool she's also mom. like she's a lounge singer. Yeah, she's, she's a divorced. lounge singer. She lives in a hotel in Boston. Yeah, in is Boston. It a, it's a why Boston. Why does anybody hotel. in that show have an accent? Because it'd be intolerable. Not even, man. That would be the greatest. Zack and Cody. Do you find Zack and Cody as iconic as like going back to like that is the classic transition? Well, that's the Tipton. Of course, like of course, I know the Tipton and I know the lobby and I wish there were more Mosby in this episode that wasn't yeah. weird and racist. What was the Afro um, thing? Because was... th- there were two scenes in this episode that were weird and racist and I was like oh, yeah. I wish I didn't the, have to go through the, the seance with the Esteban. Esteban stuff oh yeah I wrote that down adios like, is, amigo or that's whatever what I wrote in my note is this ghost racist <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't bag on London I guess but here's the thing I don't know. Did you put it together that London Tipton is just Paris Hilton when I was a kid 
I put it together yesterday when he told me about it, and I'm stupid. Here's the thing about Zack and Cody. It's weirdly progressive in that I think that was a conscious choice to make Mr. Mosby being an authority figure in the hotel management to have an African-American he man. He raised those boys, Garrett. He's the only father figure <laughs> oh, in their life. Oh, my God. I'm just realizing that's kind of true. But it's also weirdly racist because Mr. Like... They really lean into the, like, jive Mr. Mosby. It was for the flashback, though. It, it was, was just like, this 70s. was 70s. Look how 70s But back... it's also, like, the words that they have him say about his sweet fro and dig a slice. I don't know. I think I'm it's not... more just to highlight the contrast of that character, like, who he's now. Yeah, like he's bald and uptight instead of froed and funky. It's just not something I was entirely comfortable with. I was more uncomfortable with the seance stuff, if I'm being honest. I laughed at the Phil Lewis flashback. I was kind of tugging at my collar during the seance. I love Phil Lewis. I think he's a great actor. I think Phil Lewis brought a lot to that role that that role wouldn't have been given with regular Disney Channel writers about the depth of that character. I just have it written in my notes. I want... The Shining remade, but with Zach and Cody. Well, I thought, are they going to do a bunch of Shining references in this episode? Because they're You'd in a hotel. You think they would, right? Oh, yeah. I, and they yeah. didn't. Um, Arwen was actually pretty funny. I was Arwen is surprised. the best character in that whole show, <laughs> I think. But Arwen and Mosby. Yeah. Powerhouses. Why don't they just make that show? Yeah. Why weren't they on a cruise ship together? What the hell, Disney? I was pretty underwhelmed with this. The seance specifically, like, if I think about Zack and Cody, that's one of the only actual things that I could remember. Mm. It highlighted how poor the acting was, but it also reminded me about why I love that show, because they check every box for every character. They're, like, all in it. I guess this one sticks in my mind just because of that last scene where they confirm that ghosts are real. Ghosts are real in this universe. And 613 is 100% very much haunted. So if we follow that logic, also due to the crossover rule, and I think these are all in the Tommy Westfall universe anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Ghosts are also real in Hannah Montana. That's so that's Raven. That's so Raven. Which psychics are real. I was going to say, that's not too... Um, Wizards of Waverly Place, I think. But that's literally magic. Yeah, so Disney Channel Universe is super magic. It's very supernatural, but I guess that's not super surprising. After Disney Plus launches, we'll probably do some Disney Vault, uh, Disney Channel show stuff. Disney Channel original movies. What up? I think we've emptied the well that is Zack and Cody. I think so too. Let's move on. It might be a bad show. We're moving on. Let's go to Community College. Let's go to Greendale. Greendale. Can we stay there forever, please? Such a good era of community. We can stay there up until season five. Wasn't this season five? No, this was season two. two. Wow, mm-hmm. this happened so much earlier than I remembered initially, because it seems like... Uh, because all the good stuff happens right all together yeah. in yeah. community. Oh, I guess uh, community spoilers, if we're calling that. Yes, like, call community is... spoilers again. There will be time codes in the description if you want to skip around and just listen to the stuff that you care about. What a good episode. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about epidermiology. Give us the premise, Seamus. We got... A great costume Halloween party in the Greendale Library, one of our favorite set pieces of, of community. We got some very funny costumes with Shirley in the ambiguous pink dress, not sure what she is. I, we got the Troy and Abed alien which, tandem suit. I really like so I have that in my notes. Those would kill at an actual Halloween party. I, yeah, they really I, would. I want a big yellow cardboard mech suit like that why it's is so George cool. Decay here again it's funny I'm not like a biting but why is he in this episode yeah he's not a 
scary movie actor is he was a Star Trek guy. Yeah, they just like George Takei, I guess. Uh-huh. They just had him in there, sure. But anyway, we're at this great Halloween party, and the Dean, my favorite character, <laughs> brings in some discount military rations as, as food. Oh boy, does it not go well. People start freaking out and turning into Zan. Everybody's so we getting get... this fever. Everybody's turning pale and freaking out. What's going on? Zombies. Community excels best when they're doing a specific genre. Mm-hmm. Mm, I agree. And this is Community Zombie mm-hmm. episode, so I'm really glad that they went ahead and went through with that. Is this a Russo Brother episode? Does anybody know off the top of their heads, or do I need I to look it up? I do not. But I'll look that up real quick. do you think that Abba soundtrack was to get the rights to? Oh, man. That's a good question. But, I mean, it is NBC, so... I think it's very worth it. I think it's very funny. Yeah. The, the Abba mixed with the Dean's audio recordings <laughs> is so funny. Funny that like one of the points of horror is that nobody turned off the playlist when they get trapped in the room together. It was directed by a guy named Anthony Hemingway, this episode, who's directed American Crime Story, Orange is New Black, Glee, The Newsroom, Empire, Trem. I think this is a tremendously well-directed episode, and yeah. I think it does the zombie genre justice before we were completely immersed in the yeah. zombie craze. We Walking Dead would have been in its infancy at this point yeah, if it, it's early. even started. Something like that. And it like for all of the fun zombie tropes it makes fun of, it kind of follows formula in a pretty standard zombie movie kind of way. Yep. It's extra funny because it is all zombies in wacky Halloween costumes, which is just... Ugh. That's a great premise for zombies. Yeah. I'd watch a real zombie movie that was just that premise. Me too, if, if I'm being honest, yeah. This is mainly a Troy-centered episode, right? Yeah. He has, like, an arc. Yeah, he has the most to do. I, my notes are just like, Donald Glover is a goddamn treasure. He's, <laughs> He's great. So He's so great in this episode. episode. He's so good on that show. Man, that show goes so sour when he leaves. But we're not talking about the real horror of Community, the <laughs> later seasons. We're talking about how this is the episode, and I always forget this, where Chang and Shirley shack up in the bathroom. Yep. And Which I don't think it was needed in this. Episode. I don't know. I it think that stuff. But sure, it sets up later stuff, whatever. I don't know. I think that whole plot line is one of the most derivative and tired yeah. in all of community, and I wish it worked in the show. And it's weird that the Fraser episode and it's the community both. episode are both about <laughs> pregnancies. Yeah. Not enough pumpkins in this episode, if I'm being honest. I'm just a real pumpkin head during this season. We yeah. should move on, probably. We should move on. Go watch this episode again. It's hilarious. A lot of fun stuff. Where are we jumping around to? Starburns. Do, uh, yeah, we could do Toy Story Dare, sure. I'd love to. This was the first or second short that came this out? This was the first special that they did on ABC following Toy Story 3, Toy Story of Terror, and then the following <laughs> Christmas they also did a Christmas special, Toy Story that Time Forgot. There are other Toy Story shorts that ran before movies that are much shorter, like five, six minutes, but this is a half-hour Halloween special following the toys who are on a road trip with Bonnie watching scary movies in the trunk when they have to stop at a motel run by a toy-stealing Stephen Tobolowsky for the night. And Stephen Tobolowsky is... Uh, Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day. Ned <laughs> Ryerson. Yeah, okay. Good, good, good. I, I remember him now. It's kind of set up, you know, like it's going to be a little scarier than it is. The toys are picked off mm-hmm. one by one by Stephen Tobolowski's pet iguana. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. It's actually pretty frightening. It does a pretty good send-up of horror movie mm-hmm. tropes with Mr. Pricklepants. This is a nice little special. I do like this one a lot. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's very cool. I, right off the bat, I noticed this is an impressive 
animation for like a TV special. The Pixar guys really go all out when they do specials, I think. They're really fantastic. I also have a special place in my heart for Toy Story that I forgot. I think that's one of the best Toy Story things that's ever been made. We'll talk about that in a later episode. Talk about that during Toy the Christmas Story episode. Story Month. I would do Toy Story Toy Month. Story Month. You're not going to like the end of the month, but... <laughs> Prickle Pants is my favorite new introduced He's character. My favorite Bonnie toy. Played by Timothy Dalton. God bless him. I don't know. I like Trixie. I like Trixie, Trixie a lot. Trixie's fun. I just like Kristen Schell. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Maybe I, that's it. Dolly is funny, I think. Played by Bonnie Hunt. And we get we get the introduction of my favorite new character in the Toy Story verse. Combat Carl. Combat Carl. He is a wonderful, wonderful character. Impeccable. Carl Weathers? Yes, a character that is so charismatic and fantastic that they included him in Toy Story 4. He made the jump. A couple times. Yep. Like four different versions of Combat Carl in Toy Story 4. Combat Carl never gives up. Combat Carl finds a way. Absolutely. And he is like, the toy is modeled after Carl Weathers in Predator, which I think is just great. I love Predator. I love that character in Predator. I love Combat Carl. I'm so excited to talk more Carl Weathers uh, when we start up our Mando Bros series oh, when the Mandalorian yeah, starts dropping. In the Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. It was a very Jesse-centered uh, special. Yeah, it was very... It had some... She's got, like, legit trauma. Yeah, man. Can toys have PTSD? Well, they're conscious beings, Ricardo. I mean, Toy Story 2 is all about Jesse's trauma, and I think bringing it a little bit more into context and how it impacts her long-term is really powerful. I would like to one day, if they continue to do these kinds of specials, I don't know if they are, but... They shouldn't. That's part of my notes. Just make the TV show you clearly want to make. We'd watch it. I Just make it a slasher special, a little slasher style, The Revenge of Stinky Pete. Get (laughs) Kelsey Grammer, bring it back to Frasier, get him back. I'd watch that. I'd love to see the return of Stinky Pete. I really wish that 4 had not messed up. Again, I'm a Toy Story nut. This is why I picked this special. I have it on Blu-ray. I have Toy Story that I forgot on Blu-ray. I wish that they just kept making these until the sun went out and never made a four. Because these are nice, episodic entries into the life of the toys where it doesn't feel like it's doing a disservice to all of the character development that came before and to the perfect ending that three provides. Mm -hmm. The ending of three is so goddamn good it's so sad and satisfying and it just makes complete sense until we do toy story month i think that's all we have to say about toy yeah. story you, i know you could go on for <laughs> a long time boo ha ha yeah let's do ed ed and eddie's boo ha ha ed ed and eddie <laughs> i don't even know if there was there a special oh yeah there was a special opening credits that was extra yeah. spookified and I wrote that in my notes because the whole episode's extra spookified yeah man just it does feel like it could be any other Ed Ed and Eddie episode because this time it's Halloween this time it's Halloween their, their main goal usually is for candy but now it's specifically for Halloween candy and that's so important rewatching these specials Halloween candy is gold like that is yeah, the, that is the consensus it, that's, that's your whole day it's like I'm planning I'm gonna get all this candy I'm gonna get all this candy god do you have any context for Ed, Ed, and Eddie? Because um, you don't watch a lot of these. I didn't watch a lot of Cartoon Network growing up. It wasn't really my speed. I'd seen a little bit more Ed, Ed, and Eddie for whatever reason. I think mm. I had friends that watched it. It's just all the same to me. All Ed, Ed, and Eddie is just... <laughs> it washes over me the exact same way. I mean, I was it's actually... Cartoon Network's the longest running series. Is that true? Yeah. They had over 100 yeah. episodes and the movie. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch this show growing up because my parents realized how big of scumbag influences <laughs> these children were. <laughs> 
And so me and my older brother had to like sneak watch it when they weren't around. Which one's the tall one with the curly hair? Oh, Ed. With okay. one D. There's a kid that I went to elementary school with that just was that character. <laughs> That's very funny because he's one of the best characters in that whole show. He's just like a haphazard, lovable idiot. I like. I think the animation's really good in this episode. It's, I like it, the spookified style that they went with. Totally. I realized I had actually seen this episode. I didn't remember it, but I remembered having seen it in the past once I saw Eddie's Elvis costume. I was like, oh, yeah, this one. I don't know why that triggered it in me, but... Sometimes things just, like, hit you. Like, the pizza thing in Zack and Cody. Like, like that So Raven went into my psychic vision brain. Your mind palace of Disney shows? This is the second time on the podcast that you've brought up my mind palace. Is that true? The first time it was in the context of my mind palace is entirely consisting of French Stewart properties. Also talked about Third Rock from the Sun on today's. We just record the same podcast every week, don't we, boys? <laughs> uh, don't, let, don't let them know the secret. <laughs> don't, don't let James hear you. He'll stop listening. I watch this one every year just because networks run the same stuff every single year. We get kind of a, a weird MK Ultra style Ed in this. I like that. I like the weird TV static. Yeah, the TV static eyeballs is, like is the film fun. strip look when they go into that. They really beat the hell out of Jimmy, huh? They beat him <laughs> into the ground. <laughs> they steal his candy. Yeah, they, this is another one where they really do check every box of every character on that mm. show, pretty much. Including Eddie's somehow scummier older brother who's never seen on screen, who gives him the fake treasure map. Spoilers, if you watch the movie, they're trying to find Eddie's brother and you to see him in oh, person. Oh, who plays his brother? No, it's not like a big name. Oh, well that's a missed opportunity. Garrett, did you get anything out of this? Not a thing. <laughs> but I enjoyed it a lot more than than the next thing that we're going to uh, <laughs> That's a great segue to Speaking the... Speaking of stuff they re-air every single year without fail. It was a big part of my Halloween childhood. And mine. Not, not Garrett's. Not mine. <laughs> Scary Godmother. The, one and two. The Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> it's the best. I'm going to take umbrage with their use of spooktacular. Why? S-P-O-O-K... T-A-K-U-L-A-R. Why is that extra K in there? I don't Why know. isn't it just a C? For skeleton. And I let yeah. it's not start with K, but it's there's one in there. There's a, the best character in these movies. Is I have skeleton. a question about the skeleton. Mr. Pettibone? Oh, I'm yes. sure you do. Okay, so the premise of Scary Godmother, I guess. Hey, it's got it's got plot in there somewhere. Um, there's a girl who's being bullied by her older brother and his friends who gets sent to a pocket dimension where yeah. everybody is a monster or side. wish. Yeah, the fright or witch. Side. With her scary godmother, play on fairy godmother. When she first meets the skeleton character, he talks about how he's the skeleton in everybody's closet. Yeah. And he's He's very, what, Garrett? He's very flamboyant. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> what are you trying to imply, Garrett? I turned to Annie. She wasn't watching it with me, but she was there, and I was like, is that okay? I is, think it's I think okay. It's funny. It's funny. For our viewers, the skeleton is in the closet, which is a funny play on words. Yeah. I wish they did anything with it at all. They I, do, it's a children's special, Garrett. They do another really funny joke later on when uh, Count Max is talking about how people used to dress, and he says something about like how kings used to dress like kings and queens used to dress like queens. Uh, Mr. Pettibones looks straight at the camera and goes, Me too. <laughs> Yeah. It's so funny. I don't remember it being so funny as a kid, but it probably just all went over my head. I was this, just like, oh, it's a skeleton in a top hat. Cool. This special 
just went on, why is it four hours long? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> because that special could have been 15 minutes because the middle just goes on forever. And yeah, nothing this, happens in this special. It's just kind of hanging out. We get Yeah, it's just people sitting in a living room hey, talking. They're dancing in a living room yeah. and eating Halloween treats. Pizza. I wanted my television to implode and turn into a black hole so that it might save me from the purgatorical abyss that you two willingly... <laughs> <laughs> what is your problem? You didn't like the you know, the werewolf guy in the pajamas? You didn't I did not. No, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't like Mr. Pettibones at all? He was he, the funniest character. Yeah. I will say Mr. Pettibones' introduction is before the movie had entirely lost me. <laughs> Fair. You don't like Bugaboo? I love Bugaboo. Yeah, Bugaboo's He's great. the big one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wasn't the whole special just about his relationship with the little girl? Because that, that was the only fun. part of that, connect, that, that connected with me even a little bit. It's weird that they bond over pizza toppings. So that's a stupid way to do that, but... It's just something they have in common. I, I remember it was about a kid. tolerance, Garrett. It's called a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, you dumb idiot. Go to film school, why don't you? I want a Bugaboo plushie. That's how much I like the design of Bugaboo. I'd like a Bugaboo plushie. He's got just all the eyes and the, the, the horns. It's so it's so much fun. He's the perfect Halloween monster. He reminds me of the pufferfish from Finding Nemo. I mean, just I feel like this is a genuine spooktacular because it does hit everything that is Halloween candy there's the stress about trick-or-treating on the non-halloween side of stuff there's it's like monsters skeletons werewolves witches ghost cat you like the ghost cat garrett where does the ghost cat go for most of the special she's a ghost she turns into nothing it's a ghost there's a a lot of your umbrage with the lean on the animation because i will say that the animation's not great oh wow the animation is awful (laughs) that was a lot of my hesitation with this special Uh, i've heard about scary godmother since i was in high school i thought with its cult classic status it would at least have something resembling a story (laughs) well the The scary godmother 2 in fact i will say is better it's better it is better i rewatched it last night it actually has a point. <laughs> it goes somewhere. It, there's a there's a meaning to the spirit of Halloween in this one. It's great. I could not bring myself to sit through another Scary Godmother. <laughs> I scrubbed through it, but it did seem a little more tolerable, but not enough for me to sit through it. The animation is definitely way better. Yes. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. like a hundred steps up from the original. Because the original looks like those like Shrek videos you see on YouTube <laughs> where he's like... Dancing around and like talking about stuff. It looks like a Game Boy Advance cutscene. I think it looks a little better than that. A DS cutscene. Oh, but original DS. Like old Angular DS. What about Game Boy Advance SP? Well, that's. I'm talking about the SP. I had an SP for a long time, Garrett. I know what those cutscenes look like. The, the second one is better, uh-huh. but I feel like it has less jokes. I guess the reason why the first one seems like so much talking to you is because it is just like a lot of yeah, it is just hanging out Halloween at a, jokes. At a Halloween party. We're going to make you watch it again next year for this exact <laughs> same thing. Well, you You're going to have to watch the second, the second one. one. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy's trying to ruin Halloween so the monsters don't come surprise, back. Surprise, surprise. He's mentally disturbed now because yeah. he's like, he's been scarred by his monsters Halloween Monsters are real experience. and I have to prepare. And like Sid to. after the first Toy Story. Yeah, yeah a lot presumably. like Sid. But he, like, he cuts the legs off his bed so nothing can hide under it. He, like, empties his closet and only wears one pair of clothes so nobody can hide in Wait, there. Wait, that's super metal, and I... Don't make me want to watch this movie. <laughs> Come on. Get... It's so he much better. He commits so many crimes. He breaks into, like, a store and, like... Yeah, he ruins all the candy and costumes yeah, so his friends like, can't celebrate Halloween. Spray paints all over the costumes. He 
He so stops every pumpkin in it. a pumpkin patch. I can't get over the cutting the legs off the bed thing. That's brilliant. I hate that. I hate <laughs> how much I like it. Hey man, he, you should really watch it. It's great because he also there's like and there's a weird more metaphors, Garrett. As it goes on, he gets more and more deformed. Yeah, there's and his descent into like he has this like crazy Joker smile, and it, you keep hearing his mom from the other room going, "Don't make that face, or it might stay that way." And it gets progressively messed up throughout the night of Halloween. And it's just about yeah, every time he tries to ruin Halloween on the fright side, the world is disappearing. And like turning into nothing. So it's... there's actual stakes. Yeah, there's stakes. <laughs> We're desperately pitching you to watch Scary Godmother 2. Yeah, just read the Scary Godmother comics. I saw that in the opening credits, now that you mentioned it. Check those out. You mentioned that the author looks exactly like Scary Godmother in the movies? Yeah, just. And, and <laughs> just the character in general. If you look at that Scary Godmother side by side with the author, it's the same person. 10 out of 10, Scary Godmother double feature. It's on YouTube for free for some yeah, reason, so go watch out. him. Garrett. Garrett. I want you to recommend it to everybody. Jimmy's Revenge, Garrett. <laughs> Jimmy's Revenge. I will not speak to the quality of Scary Godmother 2, but I will say if you value your sanity, please do not watch Scary Godmother 1. But if you were like me and Ricardo and you saw it a 100,000 yeah. times growing up, do yourself a favor and go back down that history road. It doesn't quite hold up, but it's a fine little it's special. Fun. I'm going to buy you on Blu-ray just so you have to keep them on your shelf. But You know what? I actually did look up on Blu-ray to see if it was available for purchase, and it is, and I'm very tempted by it. Our next special that Ricardo oh. picked that oh, I was absolutely in love with. The one thing I picked that Garrett liked. <laughs> I was in love with it. I don't know how I haven't heard of it before. Honestly, we are talking about Over the Garden Wall. By God, what a what a fun fun series! Like it's great. You two went in no context, completely absolutely blind. not, literally no context. Yeah, from the creator of Adventure Time, and you can very much feel not that. Not really. He like worked on Adventure Time, but it's it's not Pendleton Ward. Well, to me, I felt those Adventure Time vibes of like halfway weird and unsettling, and halfway like adorable and very very funny. We don't get a lot of context for the world off the bat. Mm-hmm. It's just. There are these two boys, brothers. Half-brothers. Half-brothers. There you go. Walking through the woods, trying to get back to their home, but they're lost. And zany misadventures that they have along the yeah, way that are... Them trying to get home as they get into different scenarios. And it's it, I like this. It has very Halloween vibes to it, but it's it feels like just like autumn. Like yeah. the, the yes. season of fall. There's like turkeys. It's all kind of like red, brown leaves on the trees, if any leaves on the trees. They do end up going to a pumpkin person village, which I loved. It's a really good marriage of Halloween things and just fall in general. The way it recontextualized its use of Halloween imagery was brilliant and fresh in a way that I haven't felt about something like that in ages. The animation is gorgeous. I think it's a somber meditation on mortality while also being hilarious. Yeah, also being very funny and charming. I got big Gravity Falls vibes. Oh, absolutely. I got the exact same thing. Gravity Falls was on the mind when I was watching this. Thank you for exposing me to this wonderful uh, thing, Ricardo. That's on you, man. You Zed, did this. Do you forgive me for Scary Godmother? I do. Just make I make up for it. I, if watching Scary Godmother meant that I got to experience this, I am so pleased. I thought it was just so charming. It was exactly up my alley. You know how much I love Halloween. Mm-hmm. I know you share that. It was just really charming and brilliant, and all of the characters 
I felt like were really compelling, but also felt fable-esque and kind of simple. Yeah. Like Beatrice, I like Beatrice. She might be my favorite one. Beatrice is great. I think the woodsman is great. Greg made me laugh a whole lot. Potatoes and molasses. <laughs> what a good song. <laughs> Annie again was in the room while I was watching this one and wasn't paying attention to it, but just anytime the music was on was just attentive. Yeah, the music in this is just great. It's very so good. I don't know how to describe it. It's very it's calming. It's quiet, kind of. It's a, it's folk music. Yeah. It's folk music that's kind of made into a show tune. Yeah. And yeah. it's all just like all the setups are, you know, fun and natural in the world of just like this is why this diegetic song has to be sung right now and it's just it's all so much fun I think it's weird that the music doesn't come in until episode 3 and then it's just a musical from then on out but that's fine with me yeah, they get a set you had a favorite stuff. little instance uh, something they come across I was much more disturbed by a lot of it than I expected to um, it can get disturbing the whole anti-whispers anti-whispers is one of my favorite ones but it genuinely creeped me out it surprised me if, if a Halloween special can do that that's what I want what is because Seamus, you didn't finish it. I made it about three quarters of the way through before this morning, and I really like the bit of just like they can't settle on a name for the frog. <laughs> I think that's very funny. The the leader of the pumpkin village creeped me out more than I thought he would. Oh, he, just boy. like giant yeah. like wispy arms. The voice on that guy was just... That's big studio Ghibli vibes, I think. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally, totally. He, he, he got me. I like that you think he is just a stationary thing, because they're just spinning around him for no reason, mm-hmm. and it starts moving. Oh, it's so good. And they do kind of a bait and switch with that, that episode, where they're like, they're well, not killer pumpkins, they're just skeletons in pumpkin suits. having a fun time. Most of the episodes have a little bit of a bait and switch, which I like. It got me on my toes, and it surprised me in ways that I was not expecting. Like, I was trying to anticipate the twists and wasn't able to. Did you catch the big one? The one at the end? Yeah. No. You, we can't say anything because you're in the room. Well, uh, our listeners you... should go watch this. If they watch literally anything that we talked about this yeah. episode, they should watch this. It's on Hulu, all of it. If yeah. you have the commercial Hulu, you can watch it without commercials because the episodes are short enough. It's 11-minute episodes. It's 10 episodes over the garden wall. Yeah, I think... It's fantastic, and that's a rock fact. Yeah, straight up, man. I, I put my stamp of approval wholeheartedly on that. And Scary Godmother. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know if that's where we're ending it, but that's definitely what I want our listeners to, to walk away with. Over the Garden Wall and Scary Godmother. Over the Garden Wall was by far my favorite new thing that I was experiencing from this uh, episode. I think it might be my favorite thing in general that we discussed this episode. David Pumpkins and Toy Story have a special place in my heart, but man, I was just so blown away. I didn't know this thing existed a week ago, and now I think I will revisit it a lot. During yeah, I haven't season. watched it since it originally aired, and just go having an excuse to go back to it just was lovely. I, I honestly want to look into that uh, Blu-ray you were talking about because whatever bonus features with more information and content mm-hmm. about it, I am I'm clamoring. I'm I clamoring think, for it. I think I'm gonna rewatch it literally this week. Yeah. Genuinely I was just so taken with it and there's so much stuff that I want to go back and recontextualize after the ending. There is a book of art on Amazon. Yeah, oh. Which, oh you really went into it. You did some research. It was two AM last night. I just finished <laughs> it and I just I had to get up at seven this morning but I was just so excited. 
I didn't read the short story. Mm. It's based Which, on a short story? Yes, that the author wrote. Yeah. Or that the creator of the show wrote. And so I'm really curious to go back and read that yeah. and see what There's it has also, to do with this. Uh, I think a one-off comic book out there. Nice. It looked like it was more than a one-off from what I saw on Amazon. Or it might have been a series, like a short run. Yeah, it looked series. like it was a mini run. I'm definitely going to look into that. This is a Cartoon Network original like animated program, in case anyone wants to know about that. I think it's the Cartoon Network's first like mini series we're not that gonna, it is i read we're only it. gonna make 10 of these i think next year during the halloween season we just need to do a full spoiler deep a dive full, on this i would love to i could talk about this show for an hour truly it's so good i'm a, i'm almost sad that it wasn't more but the fact that it is contained in what could possibly be one of the more perfect games that i've ever seen like it's a complete thing it's got a beginning a middle and end doesn't need any more doesn't drag doesn't feel at any points of like wow they're still doing this huh like it's it's what it is and it's great and altogether, it's about the length of like an average blockbuster movie it's two hours yeah alright great I think that wraps up our Halloween special I think instead of save the rec center this week we should all list our favorite Halloween candies I agree because that is something that's been on my mind all day Garrett if I'm being honest Ricardo, Ricardo, would you like to start? Oh, sure, sure. I love anything with the Reese's logo on it. Good man. That's how I feel, too. I also really have an affinity for the little wax paper bags of M&M's. Yeah, okay. the, the, Like the ones that you get on Halloween, the fun size M&M yeah, bags. Absolutely. I just, I love the feeling of ripping one of those <laughs> open and feeling the paper, the tactility of it. Yeah. I love it. I'm a, I'm a chocolate head. I'm, I love, chocolate is the best candy, in my opinion, and a Baby Ruth. I'll I'll yeah. mess up a baby Ruth <laughs> like that. That's it's it's a little more rare to get. You usually get Reese's or Hershey's, but if you get a baby Ruth or a, or a Take Five, the, the anything that's take like crammed really full of oh, stuff. Take, take Five is my favorite candy. Oh, I just think general. for Halloween candy, I think there's a different aesthetic to me. That's fair. I I discovered a Take Five and a baby Ruth from my Halloween pillowcase many years ago, but. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Just anything that's stuffed full of stuff and covered in chocolate. Also, if you like a nice fall snack, my mom, and now Target advertises this and stuff, but my mom's been doing it for as long as I can remember. If you take cocktail peanuts, candy corn, sprinkle in a couple of those big candy pumpkins, and M&Ms, and mix them all up, it's a great little fall mix. Good little mix. Also, one last thing, there are Halloween treat recipes in both Scary Godmothers if you really need directions, but that's all, that's, I'm done with Scary Godmother now. All right, if you want to talk to us about any of our Halloween picks, you can reach us at popculturereferencepod at gmail.com or on Twitter at PCR underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our special Halloween episode. Happy Halloween, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you on Sunday with our review of Terminator Dark Fate. (laughs) (laughs) How long? How long?